That's all I desire this evening, Lord Jesus. And all that we want to see is you, Jesus, Lord. We don't want to see a man this evening, Lord, but we want to see you move on the scene, O oh God. Father, you know every heart that is gutted here, O oh Lord. You know every struggle, Lord. You know every need, O oh Lord. You know where each and every one is in this very moment, in this very time, O oh Lord. And Father, all we want is to see you, Lord. It's to see you moving on, Mr. God. For Lord, if these people have gathered here, it's because you have drawn them here, O oh Lord. And you have something to say to each and every one, Lord. And Father, I just pray that every heart will be open to receive the word that you have to say to them, O oh Lord. The Father, the word may take its place. The word, O oh Lord, may take root in the heart, O oh Lord. The Father, the word will push away anything that is not of you, O oh God. That the word, O oh Lord, will bring deliverance, will bring freedom this evening, O oh God. Father, we just want to surrender ourselves to you, Lord. I want to surrender to you, O oh God. Father, I just want that you will speak, O oh Lord. The Father, you take me out of the picture, O oh Lord. The Father, we will see Jesus this evening, O oh Lord. That in any way that you want to move, Lord, may you move, O oh God. In any way, Lord, you want to bring a Father healing, may you do it, O oh Lord. In any way you want to speak, Lord, may you do it, O oh Father. But Lord, all I ask this evening, O oh Lord, the Father, let not even one of us live this place the same, O oh God. But, Father, may every one of us live different, the Lord. Change, transform, the Lord. Oh, Lord, be your heavenly Father in your image, oh God. The Father, we may walk out of here that others may look at us and the all that they can see, Lord, will be you, Jesus, Lord. Father, we just surrender ourselves to you and we come into service into your hands, Lord. May you have your way now, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. Thank you for the American, all the musicians and... Well, it's good to see you all here this evening, and we, we sure happy to be here. My, I, I enjoy this old drill. I could have almost sit and let him keep preaching. <laughs> oh, man, he was getting into it. God bless you, Brother Ethan. Amen. Amen. We sure see the Lord moving in his life, and we thank the Lord for us. Amen. Amen. And Brother Andrew, God bless you. Amen. And we sure enjoy the service on Wednesday. How many enjoy the service on Wednesday? Amen. It was good. <laughs> it was a good service. How many remember the three tens that he spoke about? There are three tens that are not gonna that, that you're not gonna be deceived by. Well, Brother Andrew, we can't let you on. I said, I'm sorry. That's not fair. No one remember those three tens. Brother Ed spoke about one of those three tens some long time ago. Well, okay, it's fine. I'm not gonna put you under test. It's fine. Um, what did you say to them? I might get them wrong, Brother Andrew, but if I am, you correct me. <laughs> but, you know, the three things that he spoke about, he said, you know, one is to be sincere. The other one is to know the word. And the other one is to receive the word. And I've been pondering on those things. Be sincere. Know the word. And receive the word. And I say, let's be sincere this evening. And as the law speaks to us, let's receive the word. Let's receive it in our hearts. Let, let, it, let, let's, let's let it take root and take preeminence in us. Amen. And I like how you said it. The battle is the Lord's. It is not your battle, young people. It is the Lord's. Yeah. And all you have to do, as he said on Wednesday, is surrender. Just surrender. That's, that's all we have to do. The battle is his. Just surrender. We sure enjoy that. God bless you, Brian. For it, we sure... I've been enjoying the services on Sunday, Brother Moses, God bless you. The H, amen. 
I'm sure you've all brought, yeah, spoke to us in the morning as well. We sure did enjoy that. So the Lord bless the ministry, Brother Hand. We sure have been enjoying as well the young people's service, Brother John, heading up on the boat, acting to see if he's doing something. But yeah, anyways, we'll assume he is doing something. But uh, yeah, we sure have appreciated the word that has been coming uh, on the youth services and the Sunday service and Wednesday services. Amen. Well, I won't keep you standing for long. We'll just turn to the scriptures to John chapter 5 this evening. We want to read from 1 to 8 and then we'll jump to verse 19. Amen. John chapter 5 verse 1 to 8. But after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And there is a Jerusalem boy, the sheep market, a pool, which is called on the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folks, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season in the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When, when Jesus saw him lie, knew, knew, that he had been, he knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Will thou be made whole? The important man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. Verse 19. Jesus, then Jesus, then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the son can do nothing of himself but what he seeth the father do. For what turns wherever he doeth, these also doeth the son likewise. Amen. Lord bless the word. You might have your seed this evening. We want to take a subject this evening on the troubled water. And for a topic, we want to ask the question, who will step on it? Amen. Who will step in it? There's a troubled water, but who will step in it? Amen. I just say this, I won't belong this evening. And I, I know many times we say that, but we don't keep it. But I won't belong, unless the Holy Spirit does something else than what I think he would do tonight. I won't belong. Amen. So I'll just ask you, just give your undivided attention, and let's just let the Lord speak to us this evening. Amen. I was seen open this evening in Jerusalem, and his boy, the sheep market, in a place that in the Hebrew tongue they called Bethesda. And Bethesda has got five porches, it's, it's quite a place. According to historians, this pool began in the 8th century B.C. When a dam was built, and this dam was just built, but then eventually the dam became a reservoir of rain that fell from 
the rain that, that came down. So already that led us to notice that this pool that we're talking about, the water that was in this pool wasn't the water that was coming from the sea or water that was coming from a river, but this was the water that was coming down from heaven. In other words, it was just the rainwater, but the water was just coming down from heaven. Amen. And we know in the scriptures the water types as well the word. Amen. As well as water type as well the spirit. And we can say the water types the word as Paul will tell us in Ephesians 5.26. And he'll speak about it, you know, as he's talking about husband and wives. And he'll get to a point and he'll say that he might sanctify it and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. And what he was talking about, he was talking husband and wife, but definitely he was talking about Christ and the bride. And the bride would be washed by the water of the word. Amen. So here was the pool, and, and here was the water in it. And surely it must have been quite a scene at this pool, because the Bible said that there was a great multitude of people. There was a great multitude of people that gathered at this place, and, and all these people came over there, and, and, and as we can, we can show, you know, a multitude, when, when we look at it, it's about 2,000 people. That is just a multitude. But here the Bible said there was a great multitude. So we're talking about, Brother Branham will talk about, you know, we'll say somewhere between 4,000 to 5,000 people were at the pool. So it was quite a scene. And surely at this pool wasn't just the people that were, you know, finely dressed and people that were, you know, uh, perfectly healthy and people that were doing great. But at this pool were people that were important people. People that were lame, people that were sick, people that were blind. These were the kind of people that were gathered at the pool. They were important folk, they were withered. And they were waiting for just one turn for the moving of the water. They were waiting for the moving of the water because at a certain season, there was an angel that came by. And that angel came by, and when he came by, he troubled the water. And the first person that was to step in the water was delivered of any disease that they had. And so they were all sitting there and they were waiting. And I could imagine the attitude of the people as they sat there. Everyone's eye was on the water. No one was distracted. Everyone was looking at the water. Everyone's eye was steady on the water. They weren't looking to the left. They weren't looking to the right. But they were looking at the water. Because they were expecting for something to happen. Because their situation and their condition was something that they just didn't want to stay in there. As a matter of fact, they were waiting for that water to move. And they looked at the water. All their focus was on the water. All the attention was on the water. Nothing else mattered in that moment but just that water. That was all that mattered to them was just the water. And they kept on looking the water and watching the water and seeing what is going to happen. Because at the moving of that water, they could step in and be healed. And as they sat there, they weren't looking either for any other remedy. They weren't looking for any other solution. Because they had a solution in front of them, and that was the water. 
That was all they were looking for because that's the only thing that had the, the, the very need that could be able to meet the infirmity or the impotency that they had. And the angel who come, boy, and the angel who troubled the water. And they know that when the angel troubled the water, there was healing in, in the water. When he troubled the water, the sick could be healed. When he troubled the water, the one that was lost could find his way. When he troubled the water, the one that was born could be set free. When he troubled the water, anything that you had need of, you could have received it. So they all sat down and they were waiting. Because the angel brought freedom to the captive. The angel brought deliverance to the bound. And I want you to notice that it wasn't so much the water, but it was the angel that came in the water. Brother Branham will speak in the message, the angel of the Lord, 1951, and it said, the angel of the Lord, the angel of God on the water of the pool of Bethesda. He said, it was not the water that done the healing. It was the angel that was on the water and the faith the people had that stepped into the water. So now notice that it was the angel that was on the water and the fate of the people that stepped into the water. Amen. It's that Jesus said, I can do nothing in myself, but what the Father showeth me to do, whatever I see the Father doeth, that doeth the Son likewise. He said, it is your fate. God has to have some sort of an object. He sent his word. That's the real foundation there, the word. Then he points out that people has misconstructed it and said it this way and said it that way. Then when he sees the end drawing nigh, the time for deliverance again, he sends an angel down out of heaven that verifies it, proves it scientifically to the church by the witness today. If Jesus should come today, the world is without an excuse. Amen. And it says, he's here. Now, who is here? The angel is here. He said, he's here. Who is here? The angel is here. Because you see, the, the problem, you know, not the problem, but the solution wasn't so much the water, but the solution was the angel stepping in the water. See, we can have the word, and it's good to have the word, but without the revelation of the word, it is just letters that are written on a page. But when the Spirit of God comes in a man, when the Spirit of God comes and quicken the seed that is in you, then you start to cast the revelation of the word, then that book is no more just a book, but that book becomes a life. That book becomes a reality. It becomes something that can deliver you. It becomes something that can set you free. That is what the angel came to do. He came to make it real. He came to make it something that had power in it. And so age after age, age after age, God will send down his angel. And for six church ages, he kept on sending down his angel. And he came down and he came opening the word for that certain age. And he kept on opening the word, and the word was bringing deliverance to the people. 
That word was bringing freedom to the people. And we can call all the ages from Ephesus to Smyrna to Pergamos and Tartara and Sardis and Philadelphia and so forth. Every age there was an angel that came down. And we know the angel is nothing but a messenger that comes down. And the messenger came with a message from God. He didn't come with his own ideas, but he came with a message from God. And that's what a messenger came to do. And every season and every year, the messenger will come down and, and he will bring the word for that season and that, and that age. And here we are in the Laodicean age, in the last age. And again in this last age, a multitude of people gathered around. A multitude of people gathered and among this multitude of people were people that had importancy, were people that had infirmity, and they had it both naturally and spiritually. There were people that had cancer, would had cancer as one of their problems, people that had diabetes, people that had TB, people that had a whole lot of issues and situations. But God sent down an angel in that last age. But remember, there were also people that were bound in sin. There were also people that were bound in depression. There were also people that were bound with the chains of the enemy. That couldn't go free. And they were all gathered around. And they were waiting for the troubling of the water. They were waiting for the word to become a reality because they believed that there was something in this word. And they were waiting for what was going to come and really show because they believed that there must be healing in here. They believed I wasn't born to just stay this way and have this cancer bothering me. They believed there was healing. See, the people at the pool, they believed there was healing in that water, but it was the need of an angel to come down. There was something in the people that were gathered around. There was something just in them that was expecting an angel to come. Someone to come and make the word real. Someone to come and quicken the word. Someone to come and bring healing. Someone to come and bring deliverance. Because there were a multitude of people that they were waiting. And I want you to remember that not everyone believed that there was an angel that came and troubled the water. There were some people that did not believe that. They just said it was just a wind that blew around. They just said, oh, well, it was just something that happened. The pool just shook. See, they did not believe it. And when the messenger was coming, when the angel was coming, there were people that said that the days of miracle is past. That they said that the days of Pentecost is past. 
That there's no more such a time of receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That there is no more such a time of being healed supernaturally, having divine healing. There were people that did not believe that there was an angel that troubled the water. But yet there were people that were gathered, that believed that when that angel came and troubled the water, they could go free, that they could be delivered. There were people that believed that. And so they sat patiently and they waited. And I also want you to notice that that was the only pool that could be troubled. There must have been many pools in Jerusalem, but there was only one pool that the angel came to. Only one pool that the angel came to. That was the only pool that could bring deliverance. And friends, there is only one book that will bring salvation. There is only one book that will bring healing. There is no other book. That was the only pool that the angel came to. No other pool. So the season came. And we can read it in Revelation 10. That the season came. That God sent a mighty angel down. And Brother Branham said that was Christ. He sent a mighty angel down. And when he came, he had a book in his hand that was open. And he came with an open book. Because he was the only one who could trouble the water. So he came with an open book. And he said one foot on the sea and another foot on the earth. And he started to declare that which was written in the word. And I want you to know that he started to mention or he started to declare what the word said about you. This word has not just come to the bride, but I want you to know that the bride is you. And he came and started to declare to you what the word says about you. What is Jesus saying about you? And he started to speak to you personally. Personally to you, Sister Bataille. Personally to you, Justice. Personally to you, Sister Aloha. He said it was his pregnancy personally to you. To tell you what the book says about you. Because the one that needed healing was you. See, the people at the pool, it was about their problem. And the word and the angel came down to meet their need. And the angel came to open the word to meet your need. 
to meet the need of a young person. To meet the need of a young brother. To meet the need of a young sister. And as he came and he started to proclaim the words that was in the book, he started to speak about a group of young people. He started to speak and said, in Laodicea, there is going to be a group of young people. There is going to be a group of brothers. In Laodicea, there are going to be young sisters. There are going to be young brothers. That can be filled with the same spirit that Jesus had. That can be young brothers. That can be filled with the Holy Ghost. That can be young sisters. That can be filled with the Holy Ghost. He started to declare what was written in the book. He started to say that can be young brothers that can be delivered. That can be young sisters that can be set free. He started to declare what was in the book. That in Laodicea, there are going to be young people that are going to have a body change. There are going to be young people that are going to go on a rapture. He started to declare it. He started to declare it. And all of you had to do to receive it was step in the water. All you had to do to receive it is step in the word. Step in the word. See, at that time, there was only one person that could step in the word and could be set free or could be delivered. There was only one person that could experience the miraculous. But today, it is to whosoever will let him come and drink of the waters of life freely. It is to whosoever will let him come to the waters. Let him come to the waters, whatever will. Whosoever will, let him come and drink of the waters freely. But how do you step in the water? How do you step in the water? You step in the water by faith believing. You step in the water by faith believing that if you have need of the Holy Ghost, you can receive it. You step in the water believing that if you have need of deliverance, you can receive it. You step in the water believing that if you have need of freedom, you can receive it. You step in the water believing that if you have need of healing, you can receive it. That is how you step in the water. By faith believing. And service after service after service, the angel comes. Service after service, the angel comes.
the water. Every service, it comes and troubles the water. Hallelujah. It comes and trouble the seed that is lying in your soul. It comes and troubles the water. And he's waiting for you to step in. He's waiting for you to step in. Every service, this service, he's here. He's troubling the water. He's dealing with your heart. He's troubling the water. And all you have to do is step in the water. He's waiting for you to step in the Holy Ghost. He's waiting for you to step in your freedom. He's waiting for you to step in your deliverance. Because he is here. He never misses one appointment. Even when Simon invited him to come and mock him, he never missed that appointment. Because he knew that his going was not just for Simon, but there was a lady. There was a lady. And perhaps knowing there is a sister. There was a lady that needed to go free. And you know what she did? She stepped in the water. And you know how she stepped in the water? She went and humbled herself at her feet. That's how she stepped in the water. Humbled herself. And you know what she did again? She brought the best that she had. The best that she had. She brought it. And she broke it at the feet of Jesus. Everything that she had. Everything that she had worked for. She brought it all at the feet of Jesus. And she said, Jesus, you can take it. I'm doing this for you. Because he never misses one appointment. And he knew that you'd be here tonight. And I can guarantee you, he's not missing this appointment either. He knows what you need is. And he's right here. Never miss his own appointment. Not even one. And see, when the water was troubled, see, the people did not wait. They didn't wait. They rushed to the water. They didn't wait for even one minute. They were looking at that water because they knew that is where my freedom lies. That is where my deliverance lies. That is where the Holy Ghost that I need. That is where it lies. 
And they did not wait when the water was troubled. Brother Branham, Luke, Phoenix, 1963. What are you looking at this morning? What we can say this evening? What are you looking at? Did you stop in this hideous, hectic day that we are living in? What are you looking for? God has placed everything. The troubling of the water. The first little move, people jumped in. He goes on to say, the sign of the hand in the sky, speaking about Elijah. He said, the sign of the hand in the sky, Elijah said, that cloud, the size of a man's hand, like a vapor. What was this? He kept believing. And he said, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. That cloud become two clouds. And he said, two clouds become a hill. And he said, a hill become a mountain. And he said, a mountain becomes another mountain. And he said, the first thing you know, the whole skies were thundering, rain was falling. What was it? He accepted what God sent. And this morning or this evening, if that little tennis touched your heart and say, I need that, that's what that little sign, the size of a hand of a man. And Brother Branham says, come. If that little tennis tag your heart, Brother Branham said, come. Don't wait any longer, Come. When the water was troubled, they jumped in. They did not wait. They jumped in. They didn't wait. You're not sitting here by chance. You think you are. Because you think, well, it was young people and I just showed up. That's what you think. But that's not what it is. You didn't just show up. He brought you here. Amen. There's nothing that you can do. It's what he does. Amen. You may think that it's me doing that. It's me doing that. It's him doing that. And if you're sitting here, you're not sitting here by chance. The Lord has laid this on my heart. And I know I'm not speaking the way I usually would. But that's just something laid on my heart about three months ago. He told me, go and tell the young people when you speak, tell them this. He didn't tell me, he said, well, might have come through a preaching, might have come anyway. But he said, when you go, tell them this. I remember telling Brother John, he said to him, you know, the Lord has laid with my heart something for the young people already. Three months ago, who did that? It was him. Because three months ago, he knew you were going to be sitting here. He knew what you were going to need.
And he came and he troubled the water. They didn't wait. He said to them, come. Jump in. Don't wait, just jump in. But there was another man there. He had an infirmity. And he was also laying there at the same pool. Laying there at the same pool. For 30 years, eight, for 30 years, 40, 38 years, he has been laying there. Because he had an infirmity. Perhaps it was the guilt of the past, his infirmity. Perhaps it was something that someone said that hurt him, was the infirmity. Perhaps it was the reputation that he was going to lose, was his infirmity. Perhaps it was fear that was his infirmity of what will happen. Perhaps that was his infirmity. And for 28 years, he lay there. Lying there for 28 years. And there came service after service after service. And he was lying there. And he could see people being delivered. He could see people being set free. But he was laying there because he had an infirmity. And he just couldn't move. Satan had paralyzed him. And he just couldn't move. 38 years. He's been to camps after camps after camps. BC comes, Edmonton comes. All the comes that you can mention, he's been there. And he's seen young people been filled with the Holy Ghost. But he kept lying there because of one infirmity. And perhaps sometimes. He will look across the porch. And he will see, I don't know, perhaps Brother John or so walking over there. And he remembered Brother John one time was in there next to the pool with him. He remembers that was the guy, he, he was blind. That, that was the guy, he was lame. That was the guy, he was born and sent. That's the guy, he, he, he was a drunkard or whatever it was. He wasn't sincere in church. I remember him. I remember that sister. Oh, she never dressed right. She was right here next to me in the pool. But now look at her. Something happened to her. 
Something has happened to him. He's not the same anymore. He's no more with me here at the pool. Look at him walking over there. He's free. He has been delivered. And for 38 years, he will look across the porch and he will see them go on by one, by one, by one. All people that he knew and knew exactly what was wrong with them. And he'll see them walk by free, delivered, for he was still lying there. 38 years. Think about it. I'm only, only 28. So since I was born, if this man was, he was still lying there. 28, I am. But Andrew was 28. I don't know about Peter and Peter pretty much dead. But for 28 years, service after service, comes after comes. And you see, the fact is that it wasn't that he didn't believe that there was an angel. See, it wasn't that he didn't believe that truly there was an angel that troubled the water. He believed there was an angel. He believed in the power of God. He believed that really they had an experience with God. He believed it. But there was something holding him back. But yet there was still a dip in him that he wanted to go free. There was something in him that kept calling out. He was kind of like the eagle in the chicken barn or chicken coop. That wasn't his place. But for how many years, I don't know, but the eagle was there. The eagle wasn't satisfied with what he was eating. And this man wasn't satisfied with where he was. He wasn't satisfied. He knew there was more than this. The eagle knew there was more than this. Once in a while, he would flutter his wings and be, this is quite strange. What are these big wings doing on my side? They are heavy, but why are they there? I can't find the purpose of them. But those wings had a purpose. Because one day, Mama Eagle came screaming. Mama Eagle came screaming. And he started to look up. He started to look up. And he said, but look, those eagles look like my eagles. Those wings look like my wings. They look like something that I have got too. But why can I not put them into action? 
because he didn't know how to put them into action. And the only person that could teach him was Mama Ego. And the man laying there, no one could deliver him but the angel. And he lay there for 38 years. And there was a deep in his heart crying out that he didn't want to stay that way anymore. And hopes must have been fading away because years was catching up with him. And as young people, years are catching up with us. Years are catching up with us, young people. Few, 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 few years ago, we might have been 13 and 14 running around and having fun. But today we're hitting 20. Some of us are hurting towards 30. Years are catching up. We are expecting to raise a home. How are you going to raise a home without Jesus? How are you going to raise a home without an experience with God? Brother Branham said you're going to make hell on earth for that sister. And that sister without the Holy Ghost is like water in the blood of a man. And years are catching up. I think it is time to stop looking ahead and start looking at what do I need now? It is good to think about our future partners. It is good to do all that. But are we ready for it? And if you're a young person at 14 years old, don't think that there is much time left. Don't think there is much time left. Because the time just flows and comes so quickly. I remember the 1st of January. I remember when I and Brother John was in Europe and we landed. And it's just one month away and 2020 is over. Time is fading faster than you think, young person. And as time is going, it means that the coming of the Lord is closer than you think. And if the coming of the Lord is closer than you think, what is more important, you being ready or your future partner? Time is catching up, young people. Where are you at? Has it been 28 years, year, years that you've been sitting on a pill? Wondering what is going to happen, what is going to happen. Perhaps the next service, perhaps the next service. And you're seeing people being delivered. You're seeing people being set free, but you keep sitting there. And the years are catching up. And the years are catching up. Being 13 years old doesn't mean you, you have time. doesn't mean that, you know, I'm young, I'm free, and I wait. Don't look unto others. Look unto God. And when you look unto God, at 12 years old, he was in the temple preaching and teaching the word of God to the Pharisees and the scribes. 
It is time, young people. I don't mean to be harsh. I appreciate you all, young people. I love you all, young people. But the time is catching up. We need to be ready. We're not going on the, on the basis of our parents, how ready they are. We're going on our home basis. It is you going to stand in front of God. It is you that he's dealing with. The word came to you. The bride is not a group. The bride is a person. A man does not get married to a thousand wives. He gets married to one. And that one is you. Forty-eight years, he was laying there. But one day, one day the same angel that troubled the water put on flesh. And he started to take steps. And he came to the pool. And I want you to know that he wasn't him doing the work. Because after that, the scribes and the, and the Pharisees came and said to him, why did you go healing on the Sabbath day? And he said, you know, I do nothing of myself, but it's what the Father tells me to do. That is what I do. And the Spirit of the Lord must have been leading the Lord that day. And he came to the pool. And as he came to the pool, he wasn't interested in anyone else. But he was interested in only one person. Because the father sent him to only one person. And he started to take steps. And he started to walk. And there might have been the blind laying there. There might have been the lame laying there. There might have been the widowed laying there. But he just went past them. There are many people in the world right now. Drunk on drugs. But tonight, he went past them and he came here. He went past all of them. You think Jesus can heal them? You think he can give them the Holy Ghost? He can. But he went past all of them and came here. Because he had an appointment. He had an appointment with you. With you, Tony. With you, Sharon, Mary. He had an appointment with you, Josh. With you, Caleb. With you, Philip. Had an appointment with you, Gabe. Joel, Melody, Isaac. Had an appointment with you, Esther. Sister Elaine. Had an appointment with you. Dwayne had an appointment with you. Alua had an appointment with you. Sammy had an appointment with you, Johnny. Caitlin, he had an appointment with you. Joan and Brian had an appointment with you. Sister Cassia had an appointment with you. Joanna, Savannah had an appointment with you. Sister Alana had an appointment with you. With you, Ruth. Seth, Julia had an appointment with you. And he came, walked past all of them, just to come to you. 
For you, Mark, he had an appointment with you. Ethan had an appointment with you. John, he had an appointment with you. Brother Tim, Brother Andrew, Brother Tito, Sister Ruth, he had an appointment with you all. And so he came. And he walked through those doors that you walked through. And he came and he sat right next to you. Right there. Right there. Next to you. And he asked the man a question. He said, would thou be made whole? Will thou be made whole? Will thou be made whole, young people? Will thou be set free? Will thou be delivered? Will thou receive the Holy Ghost? What do you want? I've come. Sitting right there. What do you want? What do you want, young people? What do you want? Thirty-eight years. You've been lying there. Service after service, you've been sitting here. You've wandered and wandered. But this evening I have come. Would thou be made whole? Who will step in the water? Who will step in? Tonight you don't even need to step in. He's come all the way to you. All the way from glory. You think I'm not worthy? I'm not worthy. He saw you worthy. Young people. He has come. Would thou be made whole? You can rise up and take up your bed and walk home. Because he has come. It's up to you right now. The ball is in your court. I, I can't do anything more than this. All we can do is to create the atmosphere, but now it's all on you. Are you just going to walk away? 
know what to say anymore, right? Look, Phoenix, 1963. Watch Elijah when he accepted it. You know, his life must have been renewed. He outrun Ahab's chariots. He ran before the chariots when he couldn't even climb the hill. He ran before those swift horses. He says, get the rain, get the rain barrels out. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. The first little move, glory. He got there and he said, get the barrels out. Because there is an abundance of rain that is about to fall. Young people, get the barrels ready. Get the barrels of your heart ready. There is an abundance of rain and just build it right now. That is going to fall. Because the master is here. Get the barrels ready. Will thou be made whole? If you will rise on your feet. Will thou be made whole, young people? When the musicians come, will thou be made whole? Will thou be set free? Will thou be delivered? He said, come. He said, don't wait. Come. We may not be able to have an auto call, but I want to say this. If that is what it will take, I will say, Come. We obey the rules, we obey the regulation, but this is God's time. We've given to Caesar, we've given to him everything he wanted, but now it's time to give to God what is God's. And if it is an altar that you need, he said, come. Whereas you couldn't climb the hill. You couldn't worship the Lord the way you wanted to. You couldn't praise the Lord. It was even hard for you to say amen in church. That was the situation with Elijah. He couldn't even climb the hill. But when he had the word of God. When he received the word of God. When he see that little, that little cloud of a size of a hand. When he seen that little move. He jumped in the water. He outrun the horses. And I tell you tonight, you can outrun Satan. Tonight, you can outrun, you can outrun your depression. You can outrun your bondage. You can outrun anything that is holding you back. You can outrun it. Because he has come. You can outrun us. I don't know what's on your head, Sister Julia. You can outrun us. He goes on to say, Oh, if the people here, if you haven't received the Holy Ghost this morning, I say this evening, if that first little tinker would say, That's the truth, the man is telling the word, That's the truth, then hurry as quick as you can. Don't wait. What are you looking at? What are you waiting for? 
The hour is later than you think. Get moving towards it as fast as you can. Don't be shy. If God is moving on your heart, don't be shy. Stop holding on to those traditions. What did we sing at the start? All you wanted to see is Jesus. You didn't come to see the next sister to you or the next brother to you. All you said that you wanted to see is Jesus. And he has come all the way and is sitting right next to you. This is your time. Stop holding back. You've been baptized, praise the Lord. You've been sanctified, praise the Lord. But have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Tonight is a good night. He's walked past everyone. Every single one in this world tonight. He walked past all of them. Whoever tried to stop him, he told him, I can't stop. I have an appointment. I just want you to think on these words when you sing them. In the solemnness of this atmosphere, everything will lay before the holy consuming fire. I thought it just come back to me as I was standing there and I'd mentioned it on Wednesday, but Brother Babb talks at length about a, a Methodist woman and Sometimes we, we want to put that off and say, well, that was in a denomination. But at the time, it wasn't like it is today where they, they're so far dead and gone, even though they were very much headed that way. But today it can happen in the message. That's why it comes back to my mind. And I just thought of this sister she was, Brother Branham says she was the pianist, the main pianist in the church. She, she got the attention of a young man who was, had a real experience with the Lord. He had a real experience with the Lord, Brother Branham says. They got married and pretty soon they moved on to another church and she became the pianist there. And They were neighbors with some other ones that lived in the church and 
Then she started to see they dressed a certain way, they talked a certain way, and she began to dress that way. She began to think there's nothing wrong with it. She began to talk that certain way. And you see, it was just started out as something innocent, something simple. What was it? She thought because she played the piano, sorry, Sister Julia, she thought because she played the piano, surely I'm okay. Because I come to church, because I go to young people, because I go here, surely I'm okay. It was so phenomenal as Billy Max was speaking. This man, it wasn't that he didn't believe there was an angel. He was sitting there because he believed there was an angel that was going to come stir the water. It's the same way I believe that you're here in a message church, not because your parents were in a message church or this or that, but because you believe what the message says. Amen? I know you're looking. I remember even myself, well, just a little bit of my own testimony. When I was a teenager and trying as hard as I could to run away, every time I'd try and run, my dad would look me in the face and say, do you think this message is the truth? I couldn't say no. No matter how much I wanted to run that, I knew it was the truth. I'd seen it. You've seen it. You know it's real. You know it's the truth. You know that, 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 that at least something you're looking at. But that's not good enough. It's not good enough just look and see this, this Methodist sister. She's like, well, I, I play the piano. The, the pastor says I'm good. I'm okay. My mommy, my daddy, they're in this church. Everything's wonderful. But it wasn't good enough because pretty soon she got out. Brother Max, he's touched on it. When she got out on her own and she was now the, 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 the hostess of the home. She was the wife. She was the one in charge. She didn't have mom and dad there all the time. So she's like, I'm okay. But even though her husband had an experience, she didn't. And she started to wander away. Till finally we know the story on her deathbed. She began to cry out. At first when she was okay, she just... Well, I'm a Methodist. I'm okay. Give me another cigarette. I'm okay. It's, it's fine. But then when, when, when the death began to take hold and she began to fall and she began to slip away, she began to cry out with herself, I'm lost. I'm lost. And it struck me in that moment as I was, you listen to an injunction of time, but as it struck me as Brother Bradham was, 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 was recounting the story and I thought, oh, there's people today that they won't have that opportunity on their deathbed as they slip away and realize they're lost. The realization will be the rapture's taking place. It's too late. Now I've got to go through a tribulation. What a place to stand. That's why we cry out like we cry out. The time is so near. Everything must lay before the holy consuming fire. It can lay here now or it could go there. You can accept now. You can turn to Jesus and say, God, let my life lay bare before you now. I'm not asking you to share anything with me. I'm not asking you to make some great show. I'm asking you to be honest and sincere with Jesus. Say, Lord, let me be sincere with you. Let me welcome you into my midst. Let me welcome you into my life. Let me lay everything before Jesus. The holy consuming fire is Jesus. It ain't me. It ain't this altar. It's the Lord Jesus. Everything has to lay before his word because everything will be judged by that. Young people, it's a serious time. It's a serious hour. We say that all the time, Brother Andrew. Yeah, because it's true.
You must be born again. Brother Branham says in modern events made clear by prophecy, he says, how many of you would just even slip up your hand and say, Lord, lead me? And I'll ask you the same. How many of you would even just slip up your hand to him and say, Lord, it's not to me, it's not to anyone else, it's to him. Say, Lord, would you lead me? Really, we just need to welcome him. As I thought, sitting there, Brother Max, it just came to me as I was, welcome. If you take it as an acronym, walk. Walk. Walk everywhere like Christ owns my everything. Welcome. If you welcome him, you're going to walk like he's your master, like he's your Lord. Walk with him. Oh, I know the time is near when everything that I hold dear will lay before the holy, consuming fire. All my works and Amen. 